you know, things aren't ruled out. There's just, your body's not the same and it's because of all that it's accomplished and it's a good thing. So reverting back to what you think your body should be able to jump right back into or the polar opposite of thinking you're never gonna be able to do all of the things that you did before. Like there is a happy medium, but it like anything you have to You'll hear from women, leaders, and mothers who are holding hands as we move through life's greatest transitions. Join us for The Rising. We have Sam Simigran on today. She is a certified personal trainer. She specializes in prenatal and postnatal fitness. And more importantly than any of that, she is a huge cheerleader for not only my business, but lots of other women in her community. She's based in Vero Beach, Florida, and she's going to talk to us today about some postnatal fitness myths that we need to stop listening to, and also about how to work with your partner in business. Now, Sam's been working in varying capacities with mothers and children for nearly 15 years. She knows what she's talking about. I cannot wait for you to hear. And you kind of mentioned like with this quarantine situation going down, there's a lot of people popping up online now that are suddenly posting workouts and sharing their knowledge, which is amazing. Uh, but I want to talk about kind of how you've been doing this since long before this, how you're building up this business and then specifically how you're working with new moms and expecting moms. Um, I know that's something that is really not that readily available. When I was pregnant, I honestly couldn't find anyone in town or even online that was doing something that I felt like would really benefit me in the prenatal stage. Um, And now I've heard all these wonderful testimonials coming from your clients. So I'm excited for you to share. (laughs) Don't blush. (laughs) It's true. Camera off. Um, I especially find it fascinating because although you've worked, we said, with children and been around children longer than I have, that you don't have your own children. Right. And I think that gave me a really unique perspective on all of it, not having my own kids. And like you said, being a nanny, I've babysat since I was probably 12, but started nannying part-time and then all the way up to full-time since my junior year in high school. So, and I'm almost 30. So that's like, you know, 15 years of experience, (laughs) which is so weird. And I, yeah, I don't have my own kids. Um, You could have teenagers by now. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So crazy. But I worked in a gym when I was in high school and health and fitness kind of took a new role in my life in college when I had a ton of unknown at the time, food allergies and thyroid issues and things like that, that really had, I had to put everything else that I thought I knew about the health and fitness world and like that lifestyle that I thought I needed to have and kind of reevaluate what worked in with what was going on with my body instead of fighting against it. And so I had to start really doing a lot of research and that led me to 
going to school for holistic nutrition and health coaching through that. So I did an amazing program um, through a school in New York from there. And that's what kind of started that aspect of it. And then over the last few years, I've gotten different certifications in personal training and things like that. But kids were always a part of my life in the nanny aspect of it. And mom's you know, no matter everyone, you hear like horror stories of families with nannies and moms and stuff like that. But I've had really good experiences over the years. And I always have ended up being fairly close with the family and the parents. And you just get a lot of their vulnerability when it comes to their bodies and their mental state and everything that they're dealing with. And you're, I mean, you're there because they've admitted that they need help or an extra set of hands. And so you're in a unique position to really get like the honest truth out of them on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> Things that they probably wouldn't want everyone else to see or hear. Um, and it was just something like you said, I have, again, like at the age that I'm at, it seems like there's always someone that we know that's having a baby. And that was a really common um, concern was that they didn't have like a go-to person that you know in a small town a lot of it is word of mouth and there wasn't someone that they were like oh postpartum like go to this person they'll help you feel better you know get in tune with your body because it's changed in such drastic ways and how to fit fitness and nutrition and things back into your life from that new vantage point um so I started doing, again, research on that, and that led to doing a certification. And it makes me sound like such a nerd, but I love the learning aspect of all Are you that. a certification junkie? I find that. It's like as soon as I get one, I'm like, I want more. Well, and like <laughs> I was hanging them on our wall <laughs> room. And like, you know, Travis and I both have a handful of them. So it was taking a portion I was like I can't take your gallery wall (laughs) I don't want to be the one of those people who has like way too many options of what they offer like I want to stay honed in on what I'm really passionate about so I do like constantly have to put myself in check like you don't need 17 certifications (laughs) you'll be okay (laughs) but that was what started a lot of it so I did a certification online um And it basically broke it down just anatomy wise and the mental aspect of it and food and breastfeeding and how everything plays in and just so many things that as again, like not actually being a mom, I needed that like full headfirst diving in knowledge of. And so it was a lot, but it was helpful to have so much of the experience that I had already had with moms and just tying it all together. Absolutely. And honestly, you going through that program is probably a really important program for mothers to go through. And I think, um, I don't know if I was saying this to you, but that mothers get that imposter syndrome too. (laughs) So it's like, everyone kind of thinks like, okay, well, when you have the baby, like, you'll just know what to do. And I'm like, excuse me, um, I didn't learn this. <laughs> like, no one taught me this part. The manual, I don't know. <laughs> I know people always say, like, your ma- your maternal instincts just kick in. Like, I have watched some people like, <laughs> to find their maternal instincts. Like, it's not as easy as you would think. <laughs> well, there's the biological instinct, which is, like, keep the baby alive. And that, right. I guess, feels natural or you just do it. <laughs> 
the adrenaline helps you do it. Exactly. But like we said, all the little, like even eating the right food after you've had a baby, it's what I see. And tell me if you agree with this from what you've experienced. But what I see is that moms, when I work with them, when they're pregnant, they are so willing to take care of themselves and they're cleaning up their diets. They're cleaning up the chemicals in their home. They're doing the yoga, the breath work, the meditation. And as soon as they have the baby, I mean, and mostly because all the attention and energy does go to the baby, but it's like anything that is strictly for the mom feels so luxurious. Totally. Like it's no longer just an automatic, like, oh, of course I would do this because it's what's best for everyone. It feels Mm -hmm. selfish instead of necessary. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you definitely see that transition. Like I always use food as an example, like moms go from eating like really healthy and trying to hit all of these nutrients that they know are great when they're pregnant. And then like fast forward two years and they're eating like half a chicken tender and a spoonful of peanut butter for dinner. (laughs) And you're like, what happened here? Like This is not normal. (laughs) You do know all our secrets. You're like a sneaky insider. It's true. When our nanny is here, I do find myself like just unloading things on her. She'll come in and we'll be halfway through a diaper change. And I'm like, you have to hear about my morning. It's <laughs> so funny. I know the mom that I nanny for now, it's like we can like pick up on each other's moods and like the feel for the day so well. And like the diaper change, I'll walk in and try to find out where they are and she'll be at the changing table changing his diaper and she's like oh, his poop is this today or it's <laughs> such a weird like friendship and bond yeah. that you have when it's about a child <laughs> I know oh that's so awesome um so what if when you're working with women what are some things that you find especially with that pre and postnatal like some myths that you would love to dispel or things that they come in feeling like, um, I know for me, I, it was like, as soon as I got pregnant the first time I was sort of afraid of my body, like did not feel connected to it. Didn't want to push it. Felt like there were too many like warnings. Yeah. Big one. Like the one thing that just gets under my skin (laughs) is that there's a lot. And if you, obviously the internet, is yeah. just this vast black hole of information <laughs> that can be great and can be awful. And one of the biggest things that I've come across or heard moms say was that a doctor or a source of some sort told them that they would never be able to do a specific exercise or movement again. Crunches. <laughs> you just, you know, crunches are out for you for life. And yeah. then if moms panicked, like, oh my gosh, I do so many different things that are, you know, relatively similar to a crunch. So I have to be so careful. And you mentioned like being fearful almost of your body instead of, and you know, everyone has their different opinions on doctors and taking a more natural approach. And I have always landed more on the more holistic side of things. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen a lot of doctors or sources that claim to be experts on things like this kind of just rule things out versus taking the time to educate moms Hmm. on, you know, things aren't ruled out. There's just, your body's not the same and it's because of all that it's accomplished and it's a good thing. So reverting back to what you think your body should be able to jump right back into 
or the polar opposite of thinking you're never going to be able to do all of the things that you did before. Like there is a happy medium, but it like anything you have to work at it and get there. It's not, you know, you're, you're not completely starting over, but you're starting from a completely different framework than where you were before because pregnancy changes your body and your mental state is not the same. There's so many different factors that you just really have to be willing to put in the work for it, but nothing's off limits. Like I have moms that have completely restored the abdominal separation that they once had and are doing weighted crunches with med balls and think, you know, like movements that their original source would probably cringe at knowing that they're doing, but it's because they put in the work to strengthen their body back up. And now they're able to do a full workout with people that have never had a kid and, you know, their bodies are completely keeping up and they're not hurting themselves. They're not in any pain. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, Mm -hmm. you have to put in the work and it's not, it's not so black and white as like, you just can't do this anymore. You can do these, but not this way and things like that. It's just, I know it's overwhelming for the information that you can find, but every, everyone's body is so different that you're going to have different limitations based on your pregnancy or your delivery or things like that. But it's not just ruling things out, out of fear. Yeah. I, I love that. And I like what you said about you're starting from a different place because mm-hmm. Of course, you've probably heard about bouncing back to your pre-pregnancy body. And I hate that <laughs> I know, I know, I do too. Um, because, yeah, it's, it's not only, I mean, if anything, I don't know if I just got super blessed, but I felt like I had, like, no curvature to my body at all. I just felt like a little child. And then after I got pregnant, I was like, mama's got some hips. Like, please don't go away. <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs) But it's, I mean, it's important, I think, to mention too, the work that you do being specialized in that prenatal and postnatal. So when you are pregnant, that you're getting advice from someone who is actually doing that specific work. Um, I mean, it's the same thing if someone asked me, because I know yoga very well, Mm -hmm. but that is all body weight. So if someone asked me about, putting, you know, extra weight into their fitness routine, my response probably would be out of that fear or out of that, like, eh, better not, because I can't say. Totally. And so I think when you ask an OBGYN about fitness, exactly. Um, then yeah, I mean, they... They're more reserved. For right, sure. definitely more reserved, probably to protect their license. So it's fair. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely... I agree with that. I think just having that focus too, it helps you know that much more mm-hmm. about that one specific thing. Um, okay. I want to talk about, because you have this business, mm-hmm. you are working with Travis and I know I told you I'm like so in awe because Drew and I aren't working together right now. We're just working in the same house Yeah, and it's way too much. I saw this thing that said, like, my husband and I are playing a game called, why are you doing that this way? And there are no winners. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I think I've said that a couple times this week. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I want to know just kind of how you guys decided to 
start working together, I guess, in the first place? Did you have your relationship first and then kind of join together in business or did you meet each other through the work that you do? We met through the gym that he had been at for years. Um, and we, I was just a client there. I was taking some classes that he was teaching and we started dating through that. And then over time with his schedule being so full and me loving organization and (laughs) planning and things like that, I started helping just, just keep things in check with his clients and everything. Um, and he would do fitness challenges and things like that. And so I would help organize all of it. And then that's what led to me getting my personal training certification was just so that I had that knowledge so that if I was doing the back end of things or helping, you know, put programs together in emails and things like that, I felt equipped and the people paying for his service trusted that his assistant was also just as equipped kind of thing. Um, And so it kind of just gradually got more and more involved that way. Um, It definitely started like we were in our own lanes. We both had our own thing that we were doing. And now like we, our lanes cross, (laughs) we're very merged. (laughs) And that part itself has been a transition, but has been super supported by Travis. And he's just been so good about pouring into me and sharing his knowledge and experience with it and supporting my growth and encouraging it. And, you know, from the beginning, like letting me have the exposure of his clients and people that love and trusted him. And then me by association and really just wasn't worried about, um, you know, you see a lot of people unable to let others grow along with them they want to kind of be like the top of the tier and not let anyone else come close and I'm in no way at his level in my opinion I'll forever be in his shadow but he didn't let that hold him back like he really just went all in to where now like he knows that if he's sick or something comes up and he needs me to teach a class or something like he can go do that. And he trusts me enough to do all of the like scheduling, planning, things like that on the back end of things still. And he can train his clients, teach his classes and know that everything else is going to go smoothly. But we were really able to use it to our advantage to where we, and really he made it to where we're almost interchangeable with things and have continued to grow together and challenge each other and push each other versus just, me kind of staying in my lane in that way and really like him just exposing me to all of it and helping me grow to where we can do it together. Definitely, like it's more just being aware of each other's strengths and weaknesses and like still finding a way to respect boundaries when your job is very similar, like so intertwined that I'm like, oh, okay, like, no, you can do this. I'll go do this. Like we can divide and conquer still. And it's, you know, you're not stepping on each other's toes. And it really had to like come to a halt with me, especially more recently now that we're opening like a facility and having more, just there's so much more to do and more of the business aspect of it that we didn't quite have in the past was really taking the emotion out of it and letting business be business and having like 
work and life boundaries when like you live together you work together like we could just talk about work all day long but having like okay we're gonna sit down and have dinner and work is over and we're not gonna talk about it and like if you stepped on my toes or offended me in our work hours I can't let that <laughs> overflow into our personal time and like if you left your laundry everywhere and I'm irritated with you I can't take that to work and <laughs> have a bad attitude there either so it's really just like dividing the two and it's not easy but it's the only way to survive I think working with your partner yeah that's so good I imagine you like sitting down to the dinner table and be like babe my business partner today was driving me nuts. <laughs> He's such a jerk. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, so, okay. So you guys are opening the new business, the new space. And then let's talk a little bit about how you, you kind of use collaboration in building your business. Yeah. Um, and because it is a more tight-knit community, mm-hmm. um, how you see that collaboration sort of weaving through your business and how you've been able to use that to build up to what you have. Yeah. And I think it just goes back to, like you said, it being such a tight-knit community. It's so helpful. Like word of mouth is everything and having a positive experience with people and then they go tell the next group of friends and it strings along that way and so having a relationship with Audrey and being able to do seahorse sweats events with them and you know hosting workouts and events and things like that um it just kind of helped me and Audrey and I had had like (laughs) deep heart to hearts about this one in the shop (laughs) about just having more of an abundance mindset versus scarcity and that it's not competition and it really is channeling into like I have my expertise you have yours how can we use them to grow together versus you know making sure you're the one benefiting from something and really sharing the light and the load and all of it together to see both parties excel and succeed in what you're doing um and so that's been awesome because that was such a good transition for me to really develop that mindset because they're not a fitness business. And I feel like that helped in every other aspect of life because in your set industry, it's easy to look at other people that do the same thing as your competition versus someone that you could learn from or you could both grow and both benefit. And like you both have your niche and your following comes from people's preferences and their relationships with you and things like that. And it's not just all competition all the time. And I just always go back to, there's a quote that I have, I have it saved on my phone and it was just like an Instagram post that someone did, but it said, another woman doing what you're doing is not your competition. She is your sister, support her, encourage her and believe in her. And I have now, like no matter what it is, I feel like I know someone who has a business that they're running for themselves by themselves and it's a service or something that could benefit other people. And just having that, honesty and vulnerability to say I can't serve you in that way but I know someone else who can Mm -hmm. like 
anytime you're in town or Shelly's available. I'm not a yoga teacher. I could go get certified, but that's not something that I'm super passionate about. I enjoy yoga and its benefits, but it's not my desire to teach it. So I would, you know, I would rather outsource that to someone that I know and trust and can allow them to get in front of new faces and do the same thing there. Like, you know, I have other friends that are fitness instructors or personal trainers that just have different um, just approaches or focuses on things. And I have to be honest with myself and know that not everyone who's looking Mm -hmm. for a fitness plan is going to be my ideal client. Mm -hmm. And so collabing with people that are in the same industry too has been such a unique challenge and just finding people that our systems and programs can work together. People don't have to choose one. They can take a class with me one day, you the next, and we can all benefit from it and they're going to get the best experience possible. I love that. Yeah, a lot of times when I have new students in my yoga classes, I say to them at the end, like, I really hope you enjoyed this class, but if you did not, I really want you to come back and take a class from someone else because, yeah, yeah, it's that same, um, like, I believe in what I do, but I don't think I'm here for everybody. Right, yeah. Um, but it's the same, like you said, it's it's that shift going from feeling like, okay, if I pass on this customer or if this customer finds out about this person, then I'm not going to get any benefit. And I had the same darn thing for so long. And it's, do you know, like, I don't, I have to dig into my psyche, but do you know maybe where that came from for you? Or I catch myself doing it sometimes where like, I'll read something about something else that another fitness professional is doing and I'll get that like twinge of, oh, should I be doing more? Should I be doing this also? And I really think it's just that like people pleasing insecurity that most of us have where you want to be able to make everyone happy to feel loved and fulfilled Mm -hmm. in what you're doing versus just honoring that your ideal circle of clients is not going to be broad. It's going to be very personal and relationship based. And I would rather have a core group of clients that I have really healthy relationships with than something to offer to every single person and feel like I can't relate to you beyond that because I don't know you well enough, if that makes sense. Like for a group of clients, we celebrate birthdays and, you know, every high and low in their life is something that we're aware of and we talk about and we hang out and like, there's just more of a personal relationship there. And I think a lot of that comes from just finding your specialty and your people and knowing that the right clients will come to you. And if they are better fitted with someone else, that's okay. You know, not like you said, not every person you come into contact with is going to be a perfect match for what you offer and are trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I, I get the same thing too when I see, and even if it's not someone in my same area, like it can be completely completely unrelated like someone comes out with a brand new like stationery or something right. or an artist or like something that I'm like Erica no 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 you're never gonna <laughs> be printing art yeah. but yeah you get the same it's like the immediate feeling mm-hmm. or like the I don't know the more like 
caveman feeling I feel like is that like oh no okay now I'm measuring myself against this so then you have to like notice that to say like wait a minute Mm -hmm. because I've noticed a lot of times when people hear like specifically with mothers that if someone says oh she's such a good mom it's like this weird thing where instead of being able to say like I agree with you it the first thought that comes to your head is like wait, am, am I? I'm nothing like her, you know, right. or you hear someone say that someone's a great business owner and you're like, well, I'm not nearly as far along as she is. And like, even as adults, it's one of those things like for kids, you're like, you know, you can't have everything the kid next to you has, like yeah. you compare yourself to them. And then you're like, dang, I'm an adult and I still struggle with this. And there's still insecurity that comes up in that need to do more or, be things that you're not naturally just to feel comparable to the next person Mm -hmm. versus really honoring what you're good at and what you believe in and just focusing on that. And I wonder if there's a connection to normal corporate world, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's like ranks in a company or you're working for a job. I think that competitiveness is more ingrained in that because you're interviewing for a position and you're either going to get it or someone else is going to get it and you have to be better than them. And that's, I think a really big part of that mental shift when you're an entrepreneur, you have your own business, you're starting something new. The only competition is me, which is kind of lonely, right? (laughs) You have to really, you have to really switch it over though, to just realize like, if I don't get this done today, nobody's going to show up and take it from me. Yeah. And that's, so we talked about too, when um, we were prepping for this interview about kind of the space that we're in right now, where everyone is moving online, Mm -hmm. everyone's quarantined. So like in-person activity is very limited. And I was really impressed with what you guys are doing because we talked about the difference between like the short scarcity game of hopping online and just throwing things at people. Mm-hmm. And then the long game mm-hmm. you guys are thinking is how do we maintain what we're already doing? Right. So how did you, what was kind of the thought process or the conversation for you guys to get there, make that decision? Well, as soon as everything started with all of this and places shutting down and gyms closing, it was little to no time went by before everyone started going online and they were kind of anticipating that being the next step that they'd have to take. And we've never done online workouts in the sense of like filming us and sending them to you. It's more, if you're an online client, we customize workouts for you with cues and notes and you take it to the gym or your home and do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't in our wheelhouse already. And it wasn't something that either of us were leaping with joy to figure out. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's some things that you're like, oh, that's just not that doesn't feel authentic to what we're doing and the brand that we're building. And I was super overwhelmed when we talked about this right off the bat, just getting on any social media platform and seeing every, you know, page that you follow that was even slightly fitness related now having workouts and, you know, all these videos to watch and things to do. And it just didn't feel 
like us. And there's so many options out there now, free, paid, donation-based. The world doesn't need anything else to choose from when it comes to that, in my opinion. And, you know, while we could, I'm sure, gauge and get a few new clients and things like that, it's not something that we're going to keep up with post COVID-19. Like this is not a new avenue that we want to take. We are very just personable with everyone that we have as clients and friends. And so we try to kind of talk through it and just see what other people were doing, what we thought about it, how we felt about it. And we just kind of came to the conclusion that it wasn't for us. And part of me, like the rebellion in me was like, everyone else is doing it. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Not interested. Um, And like I said, it's just not something that we'd continue on after. And I really wanted to stay focused and not get too bombarded with things that in the long run didn't, not that it didn't matter, but weren't as impactful. You know, it could be, beneficial to a handful of people for the next month or two but long term that's not the avenue we're taking and there's such a stigma on times like this of you have to get so much done and be productive and make up for you know you have all this extra time now that you didn't have before so you need to use it wisely and I love that to some extent I do think like staying busy and keeping a routine in your life and things like that are super important. But I also think it kind of sets you up for an unrealistic expectation of what you have to maintain when life goes back to normal and you no longer have that free time that you have right now or this looser schedule. Just your, you know, life is going to go back to the way that it was as far as like going to work every day, businesses being open. And if you let it and you really start, you know, filling every second of every day with all these things that you feel like you need to be doing, even if they're not 100% beneficial to you, it adds a weight that is going to be there when reality sets back in. And we just didn't want to add anything to it that we'd feel like, well, we just have to drop it now and move on to what we really should be focusing on. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, (laughs) And I think it keeps that level of trust with your clients in your community because when you're in a business and you have all these people expecting this certain thing from you which for you guys is that personal relationship I think for you to yeah put all your attention online and start trying to attract masses Mm -hmm. to make you know maybe an extra dollar or two then you you will inevitably lose some trust from the people that have been with you the whole time Absolutely. And not, you know, not to knock the people that are doing that whole online programming at Mm -hmm. all, because it is benefiting so many people and reaching so many people that wouldn't otherwise have access to things that give them that mental clarity and just an outlet when all of this is going on. It was just a personal choice that we knew it wasn't the best fit for us. Yeah, it was. It's good. I think you guys were very insightful. I think taking the pause is important. Definitely. Too, because I, I definitely felt that where I... I had actually been building a prenatal yoga course online mm-hmm. and was not nearly finished. And I did, I felt like, Oh crap, this would have been perfect timing. And why right. is it not done? And um, I ended up launching it to like a beta test group for two weeks, okay. which we're in the middle of because 
And I said to them too, like, this is not done. And I'm not going to pretend that the video quality is as nice as I'd like, <laughs> but this is the offer out of like pure love rather than out of like fear and freak out. And, and I think knowing like the scarcity piece too, I know financially this is tearing a lot of people apart. And I think just being able to stay steady in what you're doing is going to yield a much bigger return on the other side than like you mentioned, doing a little bit here, a little bit there, making a quick little bit extra, Mm -hmm. but then not having really anything to show for it. All right. So tell us, you are based in Vero Beach, Florida. Yes. Tell us everything. How can people work with you? Let's talk like, I know you're working just with, um, like your current clients right now. Is that correct? Because everything's kind of locked down nice and tight. Um, So tell us when this is all lifted, where can people find you? How can they work with you? Well, hopefully if everything goes as planned and the gym, you know, recommendations to be closed through the beginning of May, um, once that has all been cleared, the plan was to be opening our own studio at the beginning of May. So we're working hard on that now. Um, and we'll continue our personal training group classes. Um, we actually purchased an existing boxing gym in town. So we have a full boxing studio paired with our training studio. So it'll be all in one. Um, we both offer nutrition and macro coaching, and there's just a lot of different options that you can customize our services to it. It can be online. We have a handful of long distance clients that we do like weekly check-ins and, you know, they get their workouts like we talked about. So right now we're just working with our current clients, but as we're coming up with the schedule and everything for the new place, we're also going through potential clients who are interested in programs or training and classes and things starting in May. So we're just kind of gathering all that information so we can start full force as soon as everything goes back to normal. So exciting. Such big news. And if you are local, you're going to want to contact them soon because you guys fill up so quickly. I know it's It's wild (laughs) it's like it's one of those things that you sound like you're so full of yourself but I that's why I'm saying it (laughs) so you didn't have to (laughs) but like I genuinely want everyone interested to be able to like make that class that they really like or book that session so like I'm not saying this to be arrogant but please tell me as soon as possible so that I can put you on the list and like have your spot saved like I really want you to be there we want to help you (laughs) you are doing such an incredible job. I really, I mean, even being all the way in Connecticut, hear so much about you guys all the time. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, and like you mentioned, having that word of mouth, it's, I mean, the best thing you could possibly have because anytime you need that testimonial or you, I mean, even if people don't know if they're a great fit for you, you could say like, oh, well, are you friends with so-and-so because they've gone through our program. You can kind of get that like really firsthand. It makes it a lot easier for people to make that decision. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely helps because you can feel like if you're a good salesperson, you can talk someone into just about anything, but yeah. that's, you know, neither of us are good salespeople <laughs> in that way. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so I'm always like, oh, your friend came. They really liked it. Like, talk to them. I can tell you what it's like and what I think you'd benefit from, but it's yeah. so much more personal to hear it from someone that you know and trust if you're new to us and this is our first conversation like you don't have to believe every word I say find out for yourself yeah so when you're working with new moms and expecting moms are you doing more of the physical work with them or the mental work or you're working to kind of integrate the two definitely integrating both that's my like schooling experience and my personal experience with having like this fitness journey if you want to call it um and just combining the two and i think with new moms especially they come in feeling guilty or like i'll get a text or a phone call saying like i'm taking this time away like i feel bad about it and just m helping them understand that the hour or so a day you know like an hour or less a day in the grand scheme of things is what you'd be taking to do something that can empower you and give you the ability to be a better mom and a better wife and a better partner and all of these things. That's such a better alternative to your child someday being an adult and not being able to have healthy coping mechanisms or boundaries or stress, you know, like just really being able to take care of themselves because they modeled after your tendencies which were stressed and rushed and not taking time for yourself and you know that's more of a disservice from an outsider's opinion than taking 45 minutes a day to do something that fulfills you and makes you feel you know you're tired you're a mom you're going to be tired but you can be tired and fulfilled and like be tired and feel empowered to get through your day and be there for your family and show up for the people in your lives so i think the mental aspect of it is huge, if not more, especially in the beginning when you're transitioning back into having some sort of fitness set up in your life. Yeah, that's awesome. You're like saying everything that I think it just took me having two babies to think it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got there. <laughs> I got there. I figured it out. <laughs> Oh, perfect well thanks for chatting with me I can't wait to be moving home so I can work with you I'll be postpartum forever I mean I'd have another baby to work with you postpartum <laughs> that's not true that's not true you don't think that back. <laughs> oh, thanks for chatting of course thanks for having me